The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. You like the Just Baseball show and want to make your own? Let me tell you about Anchor. It's free. There's a creation tool that allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Now you can even add any song from Spotify directly to your episodes. The possibilities are endless for what you can create, whether it's music analysis, your own radio show, or something the world's never seen before. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and much more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. This is episode two of the Project the Plate podcast brought to you by the Project the Plate Network. That's Peter Apple, co-founder, uh, and you said extraordinary. your title. Right, like extraordinaire. You said your title at the beginning of episode one, but I already forgot what the title is, so I'm just going to ask you every time, I think. Uh, I'm Jack McMullen, not the co-founder. So well, basically, I'll tell you a little bit about what we're doing. The baseball website Project the Plate was founded in quarantine and we just had a problem with the way that major league baseball is being covered through MLB network, through all these different websites, there's paywalls, what site aggregates everything that's important to the game, MLB coverage, minor league coverage, college baseball, fantasy baseball, gambling, and the trading card market. I think the most important parts of baseball are going to be covered on our site and going to be covered on our podcast. And yes, I'm technically the co-founder of Project to Play with Arm Layton. And we have just the strongest group of Syracuse NYU graduates, journalism, dramatic writing, just really good, young, ambitious baseball people that are about to take the league by storm in the way we cover the game. You like that? Like yeah, that intro. I, I really love that intro. Uh, next massive move is getting out of New York State, right? Uh, and we and you got to hire somebody from Seattle. You got to hire yeah. somebody. Uh, maybe maybe you go global. Maybe you maybe hire you some, Maybe who knows? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, all right. First episode, we um, talked about the Fernando Tatis deal and the weird stipulation with Big League Advance, and we also handed out that Tatis deal to one player from every American league club. So whether they're currently on the major league team or they're within the organization at the lower levels, like Baltimore's Adley Rutschman, who hasn't played an affiliated game above low a with Delmarva. Like we handed him 14 years and $340 million. So he hasn't played a game yet. 
Right. So just to kind of reiterate what this exercise is about is we are handing out the Fernando Tatis deal 14 years, $340 million to become the financial and social centerpiece of your organization for the next 15 years. When I look at the National League, I see a lot of teams who would never give out a 14-year, $340 million deal. So we're going to do it for them. Right. Well, and you have to. So there's there's no choice to opt out. I gave it to a 17-year-old Robert Poisson and Jose Barrios. Yeah. uh, The the Poisson, okay, 17. There's nobody really on the A's. The Jose Barrios one. Because he's not even that good. Like, he's okay. (laughs) But he's like a... What, how old is Jose Brios? 25? I think 26? so. 26? So he's even going to be old in that contract. Yeah. And, and we're giving him $340 million, and he hasn't proved he can beat anyone in the playoffs. See him against the Yankees? Dude, I, I didn't say that I liked it. <laughs> I actually I, I, said... I'm getting but, mad at you again for no good reason. Whatever, man. Uh, let's hop right into the National League East. And uh, this is another one of those crazy, easy selections. And the only people that are exempt, we are totally throwing away every contract except for Fernando Tatis's contract. So the only player that is immune from getting this deal, and I would hate to be immune from this deal. I want this deal like, like nobody's business. Uh, but the only player immune from getting this deal in this bit is Fernando Tatis Jr. So I'm going with the guy uh, that is so easy. Ronald Such Acuna Jr. is you know top 10 in OPS a year ago. He will be top 10 in OPS for the next 10 years. Good news is they have him and Ozzy Albies wrapped up for the next eight with about $200 million to spare. So uh, I consider that Albies contract like Scotty Pippen level, like highway robbery disrespect to Ozzy Horrible. Albies. Horrible for, for all parties involved. Ah, Braves are probably pretty happy. Yeah. <laughs> the Braves are probably pretty happy. Yeah. But you know, I mean, Acuna is just, he's actually kind of becoming a legend. Yeah, he was almost 40 40 in 2019. You know who's the only four players who've ever been 40 40? It was Barry Bonds, Alex Rodriguez, Jose Canseco, and Alfonso Soriano. What do they all have in common? Eh, maybe not a Soriano. They all just took roids. Right. And the Matt Kemp was the closest, I think, since 2011 when he had 39 home runs and 40 stolen bases. It's a tough stat to crack. And Acuna was already almost there at 23. Yeah, he's so good. He's gonna do it. It's inevitable. Let's um, break into the Marlins. Yeah, because the Marlins are tough because they have a lot of really good young guys, but not a lot of not ba- basically nobody with any really good major league experience. They have a ton of good, not great options. They do. It's tough, but I'm gonna give it to JJ Blade, who looked like a major league hitter already when he played at Vanderbilt. He hit. Th- he had 350 with 27 bombs in 71 games for Vanderbilt. Yeah. He raked and he might even debut this season after just one season in the minors because he's his the bat is so advanced, right? Uh, but he probably won't reach the majors, I guess, till September. But when I when he does, I think he probably slots into that three hole, maybe even the two hole for the Marlins kind of immediately. I think he's gonna be a great outfielder for them for years. When JJ Bladet was drafted in the first round by Miami out of Vandy. He made his pro debut in high A. You don't do that. Nobody does. It's hard. As a hitter, you don't do that. You see a couple of games in short season ball at least, and then you see a couple of games in low A, right? And then you see a couple of games in advanced A. He jumps right in to high A. That is so screwed up. He's going to be an amazing power bat in right field for a long time. I thought about Sixto Sanchez for a while. 
third highest no average fastball velocity among starters in 2020. Um, you have the rule that says no pitchers. I gave it to, um, I threw up in my mouth a little bit, Jose Barrios. And then yeah. uh, I also gave it to Shane Bieber, which I'm very happy with. Shane Bieber uh, is the one where I'm like, okay, if it's got to be someone, but I just, I had to give it to Jose Ramirez. Let's break it into the Mets. The Mets are very interesting. Yeah. I, so Francisco Lindor has a six-year window, I think, starting in 2021. Um, I'm generously giving him through his age 33 season. I'm not willing to commit to eight years of below average shortstop play. I'm just not. Yeah. Um, so I'm going with Pete Crow Armstrong. I'm serious. I'll like, out of Harvard Westlake. Yeah. Like there's no good choice here, but Harvard Westlake has like, you know, Lucas Giolito went there and so did Flaherty and Freed. And did you know that they were all on the same team? It's pretty cool. We've heard that story maybe a hundred times. Yeah. Do you know, do you know Julian Edelman actually played quarterback in college? I didn't know that. I think yeah, everyone who's ever watched the NFL game or maybe listen to Joe Buck knows that. Yeah. So let's, I mean, I'm just going to, I would just give it to Lindor. I mean, I, I we could talk about Pete Crow Armstrong, I guess, but with just no, I'm, they're already talking that Lindor could get 10 years, 320 million, which when I hear that, I'm like, I love Lindor is great. one of the more talented shortstops we've seen in the past decade in the 21st century. But, how old is he again? Uh, Lindor is 27. 14 years, huh? It's 41. Yeah. That's it's tough. It's but tough. he's so good right now. <laughs> let's let's talk about Philly because this is this is a guy, the Philadelphia Phillies, this is a guy who I would a hundred percent give it to. It's Alec Bohm. Yeah, okay. Number three pick out of Wichita State was an absolute stud there. He was a stud in high school. And then he immediately comes to the big leagues and almost hits 340 as a rookie. And he's, like I said, he's ranked at every single level he's ever been at. The bat is so real. He's going to make a number of all-star teams and he's just 24. Yeah. What do you think? Um, I think that is the play it safe pick. Um, and by play it safe, play it I, safe? Mean, I mean, by play it safe, hold on. By play it he's safe. Rookie. I mean, that's an incredibly smart pick. Um, I'm pulling up the NL Cy Young odds right now. And I think Aaron Nola at plus 1,200. And we're going to do a whole preseason awards favorite a bunch gambling of pod. Yeah, well, we're going to do a ton of that. But like, I think Aaron Nola is almost a lock for multiple Cy Youngs to come. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Bohm is the smart pick, but I'm going to be stupid. Uh, and give it to Aaron Nola because it, this will tie him to Philly through his age 41 season. I think that I think the next 10 years of having one of the best starters in baseball is worth sacrificing the final four years of that deal. I think that's fair. I think, I mean, yeah, I would say you're taking the safe pick. <sighs> you think you're so? picking a guy who's already established Bohm, Bohm it. Yeah. He hit three forty in a shortened 60 game season. I'm taking the risk here. I think Bohm is 35 bombs. Years, 40 million. Oh my God. Can you I imagine I, if we had to do this. Oh, I think Bohm is 35 bombs for the next 10 years. Oh, I, I, I don't know. He doesn't have, in my opinion, he doesn't have his power stroke. I don't know if he's actually going to hit more than 30 home runs just because his approach is so good. He's, he's almost looking like DJ LeMayhew in a way. The, the okay. fact he's going to hit so many doubles and he's going to spray the ball over the field. I mean, I think we kind of saw that in his approach when he's hitting 340, but he's not hitting for a ton of power, even though he's six five, I think. Like yeah. 220, he's huge. He's more of a doubles guy. He's gonna hit the ball over the field. I I 
I think he's going to be fantastic for the Phillies for a long time. Washington is so easy. I think this so might easy. actually be easier than Tatis for the Padres. I think this is even easier than the Angels at this point. I think so. Juan uh, Soto's Babe Ruth. Juan Soto's Babe Ruth. <laughs> so fun, dude. He's so good. He's Babe Ruth, and he grabs his nuts when he takes a ball. Like, nothing more than that is needed. See, I, I always – my problem uh, problem with Soto. The thing with Soto is he's already being blessed as this, like, third best player in baseball, second best player in baseball. And I do think we need to just slow the road a little bit. Yeah. Obviously, he's amazing. Yeah. But he's getting ranked above guys like – I saw Sarah Lang of ESPN, who's fantastic, by the She's way. She's great. But ESPN, MLB, something. Sarah Langs. Look her up on yeah. Twitter. She's great. Yeah. She picked Soto over Mookie, which I think is just a little bit aggressive. Yeah, but not far behind. Not far behind. Maybe Soto is a better hitter, but Mookie is a the best defensive right fielder in baseball and could probably be, if you went to center, one of the best defenders. And Juan Soto can't really play left that well. He just hits. And he's going to hit amazingly, but so is Mookie. I'd still pick Mookie over Soto. Yeah. I would. And I'd probably think, pick a couple other guys too. I think so too. Take us to the NL Central and the Chicago Cubs. The Cubs a couple years ago, this would have been so much fun. So and much this fun. year it sucks. Like yeah. it, I'm gonna pick Javier Baez, but I'm like again, one of these guys where I'm not gonna stake my claim on it. It's just he's so exciting to watch. Yeah, but and he's 28. He, yeah, he's old as shit, isn't he? No, he's not. He's 28. <laughs> yeah, but he's old. He's old for this exercise. For the sake of this exercise. exercise. I'm not gonna give it to Bryant. I'm not gonna give it to like should we give it to Kyle Hendricks? He might throw no. a word. <laughs> yeah, 35-year-old Kyle Hendricks. It'll be the Jamie Moyer type deal. Um, I, I want to have an episode all about Chris Bryant. I do, yeah. because the game passed him by in about two years. And this is, like my, this is my taster for this Chris Bryant episode. When he came in and when he won his MVP right away, the low fastball was the thing for pitchers. And what does KB do? Launch angle. And he takes care of the low fastball better than anybody in baseball so what do pitchers do they turn to the high fastball and now the high fastball is the sexiest thing in baseball and chris bryant because of his swing plane can't get it so that's my little rant on kb um you're giving it to bias you're a hundred percent right i mean you can see it when you watch him hit right he's never gonna hit the high fastball even his swing it's 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 upward it's 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 up here. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. up here. You're Good thing we're putting swing. this on YouTube too. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're swinging up. All right, um, Cincinnati. It, well, I'm going to give you. No, my keep guy. going. Excuse me. Um, because I, I can't give it to Javi. Uh, this is the biggest. I think this is my biggest gamble. Uh, maybe more so than Robert Poisson and Pete Crow <laughs> Armstrong. <laughs> this exercise sucks for some teams. I'm not willing to make Nico Horner or Ian Happ the centerpiece of this team. You can't. You can't. You can't. Ian now, Happ's pretty good. Now, hear me out on this. Ian Happ's great. Ed Howard is the Cubs' first-round pick of this past year. Love Ed Howard. He's a Chicago kid. He's a Jackie Robinson West alum. He was on that team that made so many waves in the Little League World Series. He is charismatic. He is a great interview. Um, the reception for this draft pick of a high school guy was unlike anything I've ever seen, and he's staying home. So I'm going to give it to the Chicago kid. Who does he remind you of in the major leagues right now? It's a good Can question. I your brain with someone who he reminds me of a little bit. Sure. 
he reminds me a lot of it. This is probably a bad comp. You know what? You just go first. I need to jog my head a little bit more. Yeah. So kind of off the top, he reminds me a little bit of Dansby Swanson. I agree. See, I was, I was thinking maybe, I was thinking maybe Bogarts, but he's not going to hit like Bogarts will. No. And when Bogarts came up, you remember when he came up in that world series, it was, it was the keen eye. Yeah. Um, right. And it was, you know, always with a full count in the world series for a 20 year old. I don't think Ed Howard is that I think Dansby Swanson, um, because Ed Howard is a very good defensive shortstop already. He's going to come up and be a great defensive shortstop and the bat's going to take a little bit, but the bat's still going to be fine. Yeah. Let's go to Cincinnati. Let's I'm giving it, I'm, I'm giving it to another pitcher because Hunter green is an athlete that happens to be really good at pitching. Yeah. Um, and that tells me when he hits his mid thirties at the end of this deal, he'll have figured out how to work around physical wear and tear. Plus he could probably make the switch to short if need be. Hunter green throws 102. So that's not a bad, it's not a bad option there. I'm going Nick Senzel. He had a tough couple stints in the majors, but with a full offseason plan, I think he should get back to the bat that they drafted with the number two overall pick in 2016. Nick Senzel can kind of play everywhere too. He can play in the outfield, can play in the infield. I like that. I like that a lot. I think people are just sleeping on Senzel because he hasn't been that great in the majors so far for the Reds, but I think he's going to be a really good player. But I, I like the Hunter Green. I mean, that's yeah. another one of those guys who, if he, if he, you know, makes the majors and he, and he starts from his age 23 season and he starts dominating. Yes. But will he is the question, right? Cause he could go straight to the bullpen. Yeah. This is why it helps with you having a writing background and me having a broadcasting background. Um, you make some great points about Nick Senzel. I'm so concerned about pronunciations. Dude, I messed that up didn't I? on our okay. second episode. I'm already messing up names. It's okay. You know, it's I feel right. like this is going to be a bit, um, <laughs> It, take me to Milwaukee because this is the hardest team. Okay. So my mind says Christian Yelich, even though he's 29. <laughs> right. My mind says Christian Yelich because it's like, why wouldn't you? He deserves 35 million anyway. People forget he won an MVP like a year ago. One he's really good. People just discount 2019 and just only take 2020. And I'm like, come on. He just he just won an MVP. But regardless, my heart says Keston Hira. And Kesson Hura, little tidbit, Dustin Demeter, who is a writer on our site, currently the shortstop third baseman for the University of Hawaii, played best friends, played in high school. He hit two home runs dead center around about 410 feet off Dustin at our high school, which I thought was pretty interesting. And since then, he's just been that bat. Valencia High School to UC Irvine, he's hit in every single level. And... I think he's going to be one of the better second basemen in baseball for the next 10 years. Yeah. And so I'm in between. Is it bad that I don't have a lockdown choice? Uh, no, I don't think so. Um, Keston Hura, my problem is he's great when he hits, but he doesn't hit a lot. Keston Hura had the second most strikeouts in Major League Baseball last year. And, he's, young? and he's He's young, uh, <laughs> but he's also been relegated to first base with Colton Wong going to Milwaukee. I think he's literally the only one that makes sense. This sucks. This sucks. Whatever. Let's move on to Pittsburgh, which, I mean, there's one obvious option here. Yeah. 
and I'm going to go with Hayes. it. It's Key Brian Hayes. Yeah, uh, Key Brian Hayes is 24 years old. Will immediately insert himself into that next tier of defensive third baseman. It'll go Arenado and Matt Chapman, and then Key Brian Hayes will be right there. And he's literally the lone source of excitement for Pittsburgh right now. So uh, sign your excitement. Some spring training stats that are pretty interesting. Of of his plate appearances so far, of his at-bats, 25 or so, 60% hard hit rate. That's a lot. So hard hit rate, he's hitting the ball above 95 miles an hour. So 60% of his at-bats, he's hitting the ball above 95 miles an hour. Great. To, to summarize that, if you hit the ball hard, you're going to, I mean, it's, he's, he's going to rake. He's gonna, if you can hit the ball that hard, you're, you're in for a good season. And if, paid, I mean, if you can man. continue that, it's pretty, I mean, he's not going to probably, yeah. but 60%, it, it's showing that he can hit major league pitching with authority. Yeah. St. Louis. St. Louis is Dylan Carlson for me, an outfielder. Goldie and Arenado are just a bit too old at this point. And I think Carlson is going to be kind of similar to Kirloff. 2020 thread, he's going to hit 280, and he's going to play all over the outfield. And he's just 22. So I got him from 22 to 36. I think Dylan Carlson, maybe not an obvious answer, but definitely an answer I'm going with. You know, I actually think Dylan Carlson is the obvious answer. Yeah, Like there are some exciting young arms uh, in that system, but um, I'm not going to give it to an unproven arm. Uh, yeah. And I agree. Goldie and Arenado, a little bit too old. Who do you think would come in second of the guys that they currently have on the roster right now? See, now O'Neal might have me break my own rule. It'd probably be Flaherty. Right. I think so too. But I can't go with the pitcher because in my own head, I made my own rules. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to go with Flaherty either. The reason I stayed away from Kirilov in Minnesota is pretty much the exact reason I'm going with Dylan Carlson in St. Louis because Dylan Carlson is the perfect amount of mundane production yeah, that St. Louis, right? Like Saint, he totally embodies St. Louis and the Cardinals organization. I just have a question, just like curiosity. Yeah, I probably have an you answer. Think, you think <laughs> that Jared Kalenic is going to be better than Dylan Carlson or Alex Kirilov? Yeah. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Like, uh, uh, wrapping up. Go to Arizona. Wrapping up. Yeah, wrapping up with the National League West. Zach Gallen's first 23 starts in the big leagues, he allowed three runs or fewer. Uh, Tori Lovello said that he has, quote, unbelievable stuff in spring training this year. And I agree. Ara might not, right? Did you see Did you see how he got injured? No. Zach Gallen was injured swinging a bat. The universal DH thing. I'm about to get incredibly angry. <laughs> yeah. What are we even doing? I get it, MLB. It's about money. And you don't want to give 15 other teams the ability to spend more money or I'm something like that. I, right. I'm getting emotional, but it's the, we need the universal DH in baseball. Not only will it be more exciting for everyone involved, it'll give 15 new jobs and around. I mean, what, what are DHs making these days? 15, 20 million? That's just another hundreds of million dollars loaded into the sport. Give, I mean, Edwin Encarnacion should have a job right now. Yeah. But he doesn't because they'd rather Zach Gallen hurt tear himself. his hamstring or hurt his shoulder swinging about or running the bases. And then when he does get on base that one time a year, that's pretty funny that you see on a video. Right. He's wearing a huge jacket and running about 11 miles an hour around. I can run 11 miles an hour. It's, yeah. it's, it's not even fun. That's no. my opinion. It's not fun. That's fair. Um, yeah, and I'm, I'm sure we'll be talking about that a lot on this podcast. So back back to the Diamondbacks. I'm going with Cattell Marte. Okay. And 
a little interesting thing about Marte from spring training. You know, he's tied with Giancarlo Stanton out of all eligible hitters with five batted balls over 110 miles an hour. 110 miles an hour is usually achieved by the Vladdy Guerrero Juniors, the Aloy Jimenez, the Aaron Judges, the Giancarlo Stantons, the donkeys, as I like to call them, just huge dudes that hit the absolute piss out of the ball. He's tied with Giancarlo Stanton with five. That's more than Vladdy. That's more than Pete Alonso. Yeah. He's going to hit the shit out of the ball and return back to at least, I think, somewhat close to 2019. Yeah. Somewhat close. Probably not. I mean, he hit like 330 with 32 home runs. Yeah. And the interesting part about Cattell Marte is he is um, close to gold glove caliber in the infield. Really good. And the outfield. Yeah. You're right about that. He's legit. Colorado. Colorado is someone the Rock won't pay, but I'm going to pay. And it's Trevor's story. Even with the Coors effect, he's still a 30-30 possible guy. And it's funny, the Rockies, they're not going to pay Trevor Story. Obviously, they're going to ship him off, but they're not cheap. Remember, they just signed Ian Desmond to five years, $85 million. They signed they signed Jake McGee to that contract for a middle reliever. It's that they just don't know what they're doing. <laughs> they don't know what they're doing in Colorado. Yeah. It's, it's not like it's the Pirates. It's not like it's one of these teams who just the Rays who just don't pay the Rockies will pay and they just pay the wrong people. Did you get the chance to read about what the Rockies were doing during the 2020 season? Like having high up front office executives do the laundry in the clubhouse, like go on runs to go get chewing tobacco for the teams. No, I'll send you the article after this. And I don't know. It it was a spin zone. Altitude Um, just makes people weird. Yeah, I'll tell you who wrote it, and I'll, I'll apply. Um, I'll give that uh, credit where credit is due uh, after we dive into the Dodgers, or after I dive into uh, the Rockies, and then I'll let you dive into the Dodgers first. Trevor Story's already 28 years old, so it kind of scares yeah. me. Uh, I have next to no faith in the progression of Brendan Rodgers into a superstar. It's way too early to throw it at Zach Veen. Does Riley Pint still exist? Way too early. He was drafted <laughs> like 15 minutes ago. Zach Veen? I I caution on Brendan Rodgers. I just think Brendan Rodgers hasn't had a chance to really develop. I think that's the case with a lot of these high school hitters. Like you just, we just got to give them a chance. Brendan Rodgers is a top prospect for a reason. I think he's going to be good. He might move to second base. And then I think once they trade story, that might be a little bit of the reason, but then I just don't trust the Rockies still. So it's, it's hit or miss. It's like, do I trust the Rockies that they believe in Brendan Rodgers so much? Or am I trusting I don't even know who I'm trusting anymore with the Rockies. So let's break into the Dodgers. Yeah, I've got I've got the credit. Yeah, it is moving. All right, no, go with your credit first. We're not um, plagiarizing. Credit is going to who else but Ken Rosenthal. Ken Rosenthal and Nick Roki for the Athletic wrote the uh, the tell all. Yeah, the Dodgers. I'd give it to Mookie again. Um, that would take him through age 42, which is two years longer than his massive extension right now. There's Mike Trout, a massive gap. Mookie, a massive gap than everybody else. And Cody Bellinger is my honorable mention because they have a lot of guys that might be deserving of this deal. Do I even have to say I'm giving it to Mookie San Diego? I mean, we're giving it to Tatis pretty obvious. Yeah, but he's immune. So we can't give it to him. So give me your, give me your pick. (sighs) Honorable mention is Manny Machado. I agree. That's why I had, but so I, I did some soul searching on Blake Snell. I think Blake Snell, not, not, I, this is I wouldn't probably give him I'd give it to Machado still this I think this season is going to be either extremely dominant 
or he's going to throw like 140 innings. Mm-hmm. Because I think him walking off that mound after the World Series game, pissed Kevin Cash him took him out off, pissed him off. I think he's going to come back like a dog and yeah. be an absolute stuck. I mean, he had an ERA. He just he won his Cy Young not that long ago, John. <laughs> People forget Christian Yelich MVP. <laughs> People forget. Oh, what about um, Mackenzie Gore though? No, I yeah, I'm more horrible. willing. I'm more willing to give it to CJ Abrams already than Mackenzie <laughs> Gore. He's gonna be real good. Real good. Uh, San Francisco. Just to wrap things up, Joey Bart has gotten hurt twice and missed time in his pro career already. Um, both times were because he got hit in the hand by pitches. That's not called injury concerns. He comes up as a guaranteed 250 with 20 to 25 home runs, and will expand from there. And He'll probably win some gold gloves, plural. I agree. So, question is, would you give it to Buster Posey at this juncture of his career, if you could? And I would in a heartbeat. I mean, they they did give him like an eight-year deal, and we're seeing how that's working out right now. I mean, Buster mm-hmm. Posey, is he going to play this year? You know who I'm going to give it to, though? Marco Luciano. <laughs> he is a shortstop sitting in the minor leagues with the Giants. I think he's behind Wander and probably Bobby Witt Jr., probably the third best shortstop right now in the minor leagues. He hit a ball recently 119 miles an hour, which would have been one of the hardest, maybe the hardest hit in StatCast recorded history. Guess how old he is? 19. Yeah. I said guess and then just told you. You're right. But he's 19 years old. I couldn't help it. 19, 119 at 19. Does that mean 122 at, at 22? I think it will increase. And then when he's 40, when this contract's <laughs> over, he's going to be hitting all 140. Uh, you're bad at math. It, it'll be uh, age 33 that this contract is up. Yeah. No, math is never my strong suit. Math isn't your strong suit. That's why we talk about That's why we talk baseball. about it. We don't write things out. Uh, right. I, write, I write a lot of things out. I just got to get better at math, I guess. Well, and for today, we're done with math and we're done talking about it. That was the National League. We handed out the Tatis contract, 14 years, $340 million to make you the social and financial centerpiece of your organization for years to come. Just gave it to all 30 teams. There were some easy picks. Juan Soto, Fernando Tatis, obviously. Mike Trout, obviously. There were some brutal picks. Robert Poisson. I want to end the podcast with something totally non-baseball related that I heard today that kind of blew my mind. Yeah. So you all know Gary V. He's like the Instagram influencer. He convinces everyone to just shut up and work. I failed out of college. Who gives I a shit? I failed out of college. <laughs> I didn't even take any classes. No, but I actually really love Gary V. I think he's actually doing a really good job. Okay. But he said something today that the breakfast breakfast is not the most important meal of the day (laughs) breakfast isn't even important at all he doesn't eat breakfast he says it's a conspiracy theory it's a marketing campaign by the dairy and the cereal industries to tell you that breakfast is the most important part of the day and the inner conspiracy theorists i don't know how if i said that right probably was like well first i don't eat breakfast Second, I was, I I couldn't, my brain shut off this morning (laughs) with that information. I I don't, it still doesn't work. I was, I was going to try and write something down to try and explain kind of how I felt about it. It (laughs) shut my brain off. (laughs) 
It's not, there's no take that's ever happened to me before like that. Well, I think he's kind of, um, I think he's rebelling against Big Cereal, which... Rebelling uh, against Big Cereal. Which we know Big Cereal is um, staging a, a partnership with Big Shellfish now. With yeah. the Cinnamon Toast Crunch and Shrimp Tails. <laughs> I think this should be a new new bit on our podcast at the end when we when we say... The dumbest what did, thing. What did I hear today that made my brain shut off? Because... <laughs> Usually my brain doesn't shut off like that, but saying that breakfast is the most important <laughs> meal of the day is a conspiracy theory built by the dairy of the cereal, and he was dead serious, <laughs> yeah. 100%. Just kind of like, wait, I just, I read that at 9.30 this morning. It's 10 a.m. What happened? <laughs> Blacked out from... I skipped 30 minutes of my day. All right, we'll end it with that. Yeah. We thank you so much here for Project the Plate. Like I said, we'll be releasing podcasts every Tuesday and Friday. Sometimes we'll do two episodes a week. Sometimes we'll do four. I'll have Arm Layton on the podcast who will be we'll be diving into prospects. Yep. We'll have Dustin Demeter, who's the, like I said, shortstop third baseman for Hawaii on the podcast. And then we have a couple really exciting interviews lined up that I'm not going to give away yet. But it's going to be really fun, and we're really excited to keep doing this with you. And, Jack, we're going to. We're going to make at least $5 on this podcast. At uh, I hope so. Maybe 10. We're, listen, can we put together our formal pitch to Manscaped and Dude Wipes to get those? <laughs> this is our formal pitch. Manscaped, Dude Wipes, we want you. All right, good pod. We'll talk to you later. <laughs>